Hi, everyone. Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us, and he has a word for you today. We are sure of it. Take some time out to listen, and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. All right, family, let's pray. God, I thank you for each and every person here. We never take it for granted, this opportunity that we have to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person. I also pray that everybody under the sound of my voice will get something out of the message today they can use and make their lives better. God, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but they will be able to use this message and make their lives better immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Now, loved ones, before we read our Bible confession, I have a, I have a, a quick Smith story to tell you. Now, before I do that, though, give God some praise for that praise and worship session that we just had. One of the things that, that God just dropped in my spirit is that, you know, many, many times people come and they time their coming for the message. But God says to me that when you only show up for the message, you may get the message but miss the word. That's interesting that he said that to me because what happens from the time the spirit starts moving, that's God speaking. Anyway, Smith story. You know, I've told you that I've been cleaning up my office. And in cleaning up my office, I find little things that I've written over the years. Here's, here's one. I'm, it's, it's a Smithism. Notice. Uh, put that Smithism up on the, on, the, on the screen for me. Fresh light. It's about foolishness. And it reads this way. We don't pay for foolishness. We can have foolishness for free. And now I'm going to explain to you what that means because it, it, it birthed out of a situation where, like, we would you know, spend money to go to a theme park or we would get everybody together, go on a trip, you know, me and Greta go somewhere by ourselves. We'd spend $2,000 on the hotel and food and stuff. And here, the kids are complaining about the food or they complaining about it's hot or they complaining about it's taking too long. It, the dad is like, listen, while we on this trip that I didn't spend my money on, you gonna smile. You ain't gonna fight. Ain't nobody going to be crying. Why? Because all that is foolishness, and I don't pay for foolishness. We can have foolishness for free at home. Sometimes me and, me and, me and Greta go out, and sometimes we may be bumping heads because we can be very different. And I'm sitting there with, with rocks in my jaws, and all of a sudden I ain't talking to nobody. But doggone it, I can do that at home for free. And so if we didn't put all these presidents on the line, somebody need to, I need to spit them rocks out my mouth and go ahead and we need to start smiling and have a good time. Same thing with her. Why you ain't talking to me? Why we, why we at this restaurant where things cost more than we usually go and you ain't speaking to me across the table? Why you picking at your food? We could have left that stuff on the menu if you're just going to flip your fork through it. We don't pay for foolishness. The Smith family, we can have foolishness for free. Yes, 
So I just want to share that with you. Do a Bible confession. You can adopt, you can adopt that one if you want to. Pay for foolishness. I'd be doggone if I'm paying for foolishness. Let's go. <laughs> this is my Bible. Let's go. This is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God breathed, and I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God and shall forever be to me my Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, we won't pay for foolishness. Family, you know where we are. You probably know this by heart. We're in Exodus chapter 3 in the voice translation, verses 1 through 5, where Moses has his interaction with God, as far as we know, for the very first time. Here we go. Now, one day, when Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, he got the flock away from its usual pastures to the other side of the desert and came to a place known as Horeb, Horeb, where the mountain of God stood. There, the special messenger of the eternal appeared to Moses in a fiery blaze from within the bush. Moses looked again at the bush as it blazed, but to his amazement, the bush did not burn up in flames. Moses says to himself, why is this bush not burning up? I need to move a little closer to get a better look at this amazing sight. When the eternal one saw Moses approach the burning bush to observe it more closely, he called out to him from within the bush. God says, Moses, Moses. Moses says, I'm right here. God says, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals and stand barefoot on the ground in my presence, for this ground is holy ground. We've been talking about these fires for a minute, these flame intensities for a minute. And we've been talking about fires in two buckets. Notice this image right here. We've been talking about the fire that is inside of us. And that fire that's on the inside of us, family, that's God. When you said yes to Jesus, God, boom, came and started residing on the inside of you, and he set your spirit on fire. We've also been talking about the fires on the outside of us, not just the fires on the inside of us. And those fires on the outside of us, those things come to put some pressure on you to move you to say, hey, the answer to that question, is your faith for sale, is it yes today? Is your faith for sale, meaning are you going to be doing something that God didn't tell you to do or speaking the way God didn't tell you to speak or, or doing something out of character against God's will? Is your, is your faith for sale? That's what those outside fires come to push you to answer that question. And we've talked about high heat for several, several sessions. And the high heat categories that we've put together, and there are more, we just put these four together for our benefit, peer pressure, abandonment, loss or fear of loss, unforgiveness. We spent several sessions on that. This session, in this one session, we are going to tackle the intensities of both low heat and moderate heat. And you say to yourself, well, we spent God knows how many sessions on high heat, Pastor. What's up with the, just the one session on the low and the moderate heat? <clears throat> the reason we did that is very purposeful. Take unforgiveness, for example. I believe, at least I hope you believe with me too, I believe that if we can get to a place where we forgive people for some really tough stuff, the moderate and low heat stuff should be easy. 
if you can forgive somebody for doing something very, very, very bad to you that hurt your feelings a lot, then you should be able to easily forgive somebody for messing up your, 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 your Pop-Tart. You, 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 I mean, I just, be, just to be real, if you can deal with the big stuff, we shouldn't have to spend so much time on the little stuff. So that's where we are. Now, for low and moderate heat, unlike high heat, where we went through four things, we're going to talk about them both in one big subcategory. What is that? Notice. For low and, high and moderate heat, we're going to talk about the low and moderate heat of exploited weaknesses. Exploited weaknesses. Now, you know we're doing these things in reverse, meaning we're going from the high heat down to the, up to the low heat. So we've already done high heat, so we're going to start off with moderate heat. In high heat, we were talking about Jesus for a while, so we're going to move that Jesus category into moderate heat. We're going to do moderate heat talking about Jesus, and then for low heat, we're going to tip our toe back into the Old Testament and reintroduce our real main character in all this discussion, Moses. For moderate heat, we're going to begin in Matthew chapter 4 the very beginning where Jesus is tempted by the devil in the wilderness. Generally, when people, generally when people talk about Jesus in the wilderness, they talk about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We're not going to go through all of Matthew 4. As a matter of fact, we're going to hit the first three verses, and then we're going to grab another verse at the end because that's really all we need to meet our needs and talking about moderate heat but that is a very good account to set the baseline for talking about exploited weaknesses here we go matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 2 in the easy to read version reads like this then the spirit led jesus into the desert now keep in mind a chapter before John the Baptist and Jesus, the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. God said, this is my boy, and I'm well pleased in him. Next thing you know, the Holy Spirit said, let's get in this wilderness. Then the Spirit led Jesus into the desert. He was taken there to be tempted by the devil. Jesus ate nothing for 40 days and 40 nights. After this, he was very hungry. Now, I find it very interesting here that they put in 40 days and 40 nights. 40 days and nights. Granted, the implication is 40 days and 40 nights too. The, the, the point I'm trying to make is that when we're talking about 40 days and nights, if you tell me you haven't eaten anything for 40 days, I'm going to already assume that's a night too. It's not like Jesus was fasting during the day and then at night he ran to the quickie mart and got a Twix bar. I mean, it's just the way people write things sometimes, it's, but it's good that they're specific. They want you to know that Jesus didn't have anything to eat for 40 days and 40 nights. 24 hours a day for 40 days, he didn't have nothing to eat. After this, he was very hungry. The Bible tells us he was very hungry. I think it's not too far-fetched, loved ones, to say that Jesus was starving for something to eat physically. 
accepting that Jesus was likely starving for something to eat physically, we can also take the next step and say that Jesus more than likely was in a weakened state. And being in that weakened state makes him a sure target for the devil, who is an evil opportunist. Here's what 1 Peter tells us about the devil. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, and the voice reads like this. Most importantly, be disciplined and stay on guard. Your enemy, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, just waiting and hoping for a chance to devour. The devil looks at Jesus in extreme hunger, and the devil says to himself, you know what? I think I have an opportunity to step in and devour this man because my hope is that in his weakened state, I can exploit that for my good. He does the same thing with us. He, he applies the same logic to us. The devil looks at your life and he tries to find any vulnerability in your life at all. If he finds a vulnerable point, you know what he does? He gets in there and he starts testing that thing to see if he can find a weak spot. If he finds a weak spot, he exploits that weak spot. And he exploits that weak spot to get you to sell your faith. The majority of us, I would probably, probably be willing to, to bet that what we do when we are strong and things are going good is we do a very good job at telling the devil to get kicked to the curb. We do a very good job at not letting the devil move us into a position where we get out of the will of God. We're easy and quick to do that when things are going well, but when circumstances have us weakened, when circumstances have us reeling, when circumstances have us back up, our back up against the wall, then we become susceptible to considering the idea of selling our faith. And those circumstances that get us to have those thoughts are not necessarily high heat circumstances. A lot of them are moderate heat conditions. What are moderate heat conditions? Check this out. Because moderate heat conditions are not conditions that are, you know, immediately life-threatening or conditions that are such that you, you, you know, the devil is giving you an outright attack, almost like a full-out arsenal. No, that's not, a, that's not a moderate heat condition. A moderate heat condition or moderate heat conditions are ones that are not immediately life-threatening events or an outright harsh attack by the enemy. Instead, they are unpleasant items you feel you have dealt with long enough, which makes you susceptible to the idea of selling your faith to get out of the circumstance or in that condition, end that condition. In other words, the devil tries to identify something that when you look at it yourself in your life, you said to yourself, doggone it, I've dealt with this long enough. That's a weakness he can exploit. Let me give you an example. There is a father, a father of three. A man's a Christian. 
he and his children, they've been through some bumpy journeys in life. For example, they have spent some time living in a shelter, him and his family. But things are looking up. Things are looking up. He's finally got himself a job, getting some consistent income. And he has his family a place to live. So they finally have a consistent roof over their head. One day at work, he learns that something's going to be happening with his paycheck. And guess what? He's not going to be able to make the rent this month, at least not right now. So what does he do? He says to himself, I got to tell the landlord. It's only right that I do that. So he goes to see the landlord. His landlord, by the way, is Ms. McIntosh. Anybody last name McIntosh here? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Ms. McIntosh. Let's run with that. The landlord is Ms. McIntosh. And everybody knows that Ms. McIntosh, she's something else. She's a piece of work. But he has no choice because he knows that his check is going to be short. It's close to the end of the day, so he runs to her office and tries to find her. He can't find her. He starts to thinking, where could she be? Ah, she may be in the parking lot. So he runs out to the parking lot, and there, getting ready to get into her car, is guess who? Miss McIntosh. He runs up to her. Nobody else is really around. The parking lot's pretty empty. It's close to the end of the day. He begins to explain to her the situation, how he's going to be short this month on the rent. Miss McIntosh listens attentively and then she begins to tell him about how she understands how that situation can come out, can come 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 about. She also begins to share with him some things that he shared with her when he was filling out the leasing agreement. She knows that he's been through a hard time. She knows that the family has seen some bumpy times. She knows some of the things that they've been through. She understands all that. She also tells him that business is business and that she has a list of people waiting for that apartment if he can't pay. Now, it's an apartment. He would like to have his family in a home, but he's thankful for the apartment. And he's there believing he's doing the right thing. He has to tell her because otherwise she's going to find out one way or the other. So she tells him, unless you get that rent, I'm going to have to ask you and your family to vacate. I understand your situation. I hear what you've explained to me. But business is business. And you will have to go unless, and she steps a little closer to him, and she grabs his hand, and she says, we can make some alternate arrangement. And she looks in his eyes and holds his hand just long enough for him to truly understand everything she means by that. She lets his hand go and lets him know that he has until the end of the week to decide. She gets in her luxury car and drives away. That father is in a moderate heat circumstance. He is in under a moderate heat condition. 
he is run against an opportunist who knows his weakness and is doing what she can do to exploit that weakness. This man is caught between a rock and a hard place. He's conflicted. His heart is conflicted because his spirit and his mind are telling him two different things. His spirit is saying, no, we will not accept her proposition. That is not right. I don't care what we got to do. God does not know. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. No. The answer is no, but his mind. His mind is saying, we got three children. We taken care of. Where do we go if not here? What, what you plan on doing? Do you want to put your family back into a shelter again? Do you want to go back to living out of your car again? Do, do you want to go through being homeless again? Do you want to go through the shame and the ordeal of feeling like a charity case again? His mind is pushing him to see the perspective that tips the scale towards selling his faith. In his mind, this man is saying, hey, enough is enough. I've had enough of feeling the shame of not having my family with a roof over their head. Enough is enough. I've had enough of feeling like I'm less than a man because I can't provide for my family the way I want to. Enough is enough. I have had enough at looking my children in the eye and feeling guilty about telling them that this time will be the last time they have to move. All of this man's feelings originate from a place of vulnerability, from a place of weakness from a place that the devil is trying to exploit. The devil knows that deep inside this man's heart, every fiber of his being cries out, enough is enough. I've dealt with this enough. We've been through this enough. Why should I have to move again? We finally got a place. Enough is enough. And when he's saying enough is enough, and that's his vulnerability, once that vulnerability is exploited, What's his weakness? Listen, that unpleasant item is not having a place for his family. It's feeling like less, like less of a man. It's having to move all the time. Once the enemy finds that weakness and identifies that you feel like you've dealt with that weakness long enough, that weakness gets exploited. And when that weakness gets exploited, it makes you susceptible, like this father, to the idea of selling your faith. 
not because you don't want to love God, not because you don't try to have faith in God. Why? But because you just want to get out of that circumstance. You just want that condition to end. It's not that you want to do that. Nothing in you wants to tip that side of the scale. But everything in you also don't want you to have your family on the street. In Matthew 4, the devil thought that he caught Jesus in a weakened state. And he looked to exploit that weakness. He looked to exploit that weakness for his own gain. But family. Jesus may have been in a weakened state, but the devil miscalculated something. Notice this. We've already read this in the easy to read. The devil miscalculated something, and what he miscalculated is nestled between verses 2 and verse 3. Most translations don't show it to you, though. Like right here in the easy to read, it don't show it to you. Every translation will give you a hint, though, because it leads in with the, with the, the key, the secret sauce that he was led by the spirit. It gives you that secret sauce, but it only alludes to it between verses two and three. But I thank God that God thought it enough to have somebody write the voice translation. Now, in easy to read, it reads, then the spirit led Jesus into the desert. He was taken there to be tempted by the devil. Jesus ate nothing for 40 days and nights. After this, he was very hungry. The devil came to tempt him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these rocks to become bread. Now, we get the temptation. We get the spirit led him. But there is something else, family, that you need to know. The voice translation. Starting from verse four, chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. The Spirit led Jesus into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. After this, after this fast, he was, he was, as you can imagine, hungry. But he was also curiously stronger when the tempter came to Jesus. Jesus was definitely in a situation where his physical body was weakened. But when he went into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, he didn't go in that wilderness by himself. He went into the wilderness as a crew of two. He went in that wilderness with an inner support. And that inner support gave him an inner strength. And that inner strength is something that the devil miscalculated. Because that inner strength, when the devil rolled up on him, even though he was supposed to be weak, even though he was supposed to be able to be exploited, he found that Jesus was curiously stronger than he thought he was going to be. You got the spirit of God on the inside of you. You got the spirit of God when he began to reside on the inside of you. You ignite it like a flame, and that flame is more powerful than anything the enemy can bring your way. And as long as you enter your circumstance with that Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit will make you curiously stronger than anything life can throw at you. 
It'll make you stronger than what the devil brings your way. It'll make you stronger than your circumstance. When the devil rolled up on Jesus, expecting him to be an easy mark, he found out he had miscalculated because the help that he was working with is stronger than anything the devil can bring his way. There may have been a weakness that the devil tried to exploit, but because of the help that made Jesus stronger, that area of exploitation door closed. Same with you. Same with me. As we let God guide our footsteps, that Holy Spirit in us is there to gird us up and make us strong in every situation. And beyond that, when we operate that way, we can then say to the devil the same thing that Jesus said to the devil after he had asked him that third question. Notice, jumping across to verse 10, the voice. The devil didn't ask him another question. Jesus says, get away from me, Satan. I will not serve you. I will instead follow scripture. Of course, he says, which tells us to worship the eternal one, your God, and serve him only. The key point here is, get away from me, Satan. I will not serve you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow God. I'm going to align myself with scripture. I'm going to do what God tells me to do. I'm going to say what God tells me to say. I'm going to act how God tells me to act. In other words, get away from me, Satan. My faith is not for sale. I don't care what you've identified in me that you think is a weakness. The bottom line for me is my faith is not for sale. Another way to say that is I believe it was Joshua that says, as for me and my house, we going to serve the Lord, not you. I will not serve you. For another look at how Jesus can show us moderate heat and exploited weaknesses, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 9, I believe. And in Matthew chapter 9, we're going to begin at verse 10, but let me give you a quick intro. Jesus has healed a paralyzed guy. And then after he heals that guy, he's walking. I forget where he's walking. He's walking. And he passes by like either a tax collector's office or a bunch of people doing taxes, and he sees Matthew. He's like, yo, Matt, won't you come and be one of my disciples? And boom, Matthew the disciple is born. By the time we get to verse 10, Jesus is at Matthew's house, and they're getting their grub on. Check it out. Verse 10, Matthew chapter 9, this is the easy to read. Jesus ate dinner at Matthew's house. Many tax collectors and others with bad reputations came and ate with him and his followers. The Pharisees saw that Jesus was eating with these people. These people. Mm, 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 mm. 
they asked his followers, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and other sinners? We could summarize that to say, why does your teachers eat with those people? Jesus heard them say this, so he said to them, it is the sick people who need a doctor, not those who are healthy. Now, these Pharisees are applying some moderate heat to Jesus. And I want you to keep in mind, what we're talking about here can easily be rolled into the topic of peer pressure. Peer pressure is not just a high heat scenario. Peer pressure happens at low heat, moderate heat, and high heat. But we're not going to talk about peer pressure per se as a specific topic. Just know that what's going on here is that the Pharisees are, in a sense, putting some moderate heat on Jesus to not talk or interact with those people. If Jesus were to do what they want him to do and not talk to those people, he would literally be avoiding the very people God wants him to reach. That's what he would be doing. Because God sent Jesus for mankind. And Jesus is already saying, listen, it's the sick, pe- the sick people who need a doctor, not those who are, heal- who are healthy. If he goes for this pressure... He's not going to be doing what God wants him to do. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever been asked by God to be an extension of him to reach somebody, but you you elected not to because of what? Notice this. You say, God, I'll do it. Give me the next image, please. God, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll reach out to that person. I really want to do it, except what would my family think? I mean, I see you want me to reach that group of people, that person, but what would my friends think? What would them church church folk think? My church people, my church family, what would they think if I actually reached out to this person? If they saw me actually interacting with those people, what will my coworkers think if they saw me talking with those people? God, I'll do it. I really would. Except what would my neighbors think? All of this is something that, you know, people think that they wouldn't do. But are you sure? Are you sure? And by the way, if what you're doing is you're saying that this is a bucket even though you're not saying that loud, if this is a bucket you've ever been in, guess what? You are letting your actions be influenced or motivated by what others think 
and that's the epitome of peer pressure. But I told you I wasn't talking about peer pressure that specifically. So more importantly, if this is you, you have identified a weakness. You have identified in you the weakness of the desire to be accepted by others. I have a desire to be accepted by those people. I have a des desire to be accepted by that group. And if that desire in you, believer, is strong enough, that desire can get you to sell your faith. Especially if you find yourself with an opportunity to be accepted by a group that you wanted to be accepted by for a long time. You tried and tried and tried and tried and tried. If you have an opportunity to be accepted by that group, you will sell your mama to be accepted. And you look at me like that's extreme. But let me give you practical examples of how that's happened. We'll start with young people. They do it all the time. Young people do it all the time. Let's say there's two, there are two young people. They've been friends all their life. Friends all their life, and guess what? They're going into a new year of high school. So excited. You know how you do. You got your new fit. Everything's going to be great going into high school. And while there this year, one of those friends tries out for the varsity squatter team and makes it. They have always wanted to be part. Guess what? Finally, the popularity that I desire, I can have. Now, the other friend... They're just cool with just being a regular, regular student. You want to do that? You're my friend. I root for you. I'll come to your games. I'll come to your events. Great. Have at it. Oh, you made it? I'm so happy for you. One day, this new varsity friend is hanging out with the varsity. Sees his friend, his or her friend, from across the way and says, I'm going to go say hello. They said, uh, uh, wait a minute. Huh? We don't talk to those people. We just talk to people like us. We don't, we don't, we don't talk to those people. Been friends with this person all your life. That person has rooted for you to get this position. That person is a person that would do anything for you. But now, because you are in the squad, on the team, and they don't talk to those people, you spend the year walking right by your friend and not even saying a word. Faith sold. 
and it's for that friendship, that friendship lost or at best very, 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 very strained. But young people aren't alone in that scenario. Adults do it too. Let's talk about two more people that have been friends for a long, long time. And to make it gender neutral, we'll call them Pat and Terry. That can go both ways. Pat and Terry have been friends for a long, long time. They're, 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 they're up in age enough to where they've, they've come through school and they've gotten jobs and they've always been a pair. Just really, really good friends. But Pat has always had this desire to be a part of this certain group. It could be a group on a, on a new job. It could be a, a group at church. It could be whatever it is. She's always, she, he or she, has always had this desire to be in this group, to have these acquaintances. And doggone it, it finally happens. Guess what? One day, Pat and the group of new acquaintances are out eating dinner together at the restaurant. And as fate would have it, Terry's there too. Terry sees Pat from across the room, waves, smiles. Pat doesn't return the favor. Pat makes con eye contact. It's clear that Pat sees Terry, but instead of returning the smile and wave, Pat gives a cold stare and looks away. Terry's confused. What's, what's happened between 20 years of friendship, 30 years of friendship, and now? Doesn't know exactly what's going on. But you know what? We'll figure that out later. Pat and the acquaintances in dinner first. And to walk out the restaurant, they have to walk by whose table? Right by Terry's table. Unavoidable. As they walk out, Pat and Terry, eyes locked together on each step as Pat gets closer. Terry's rolling around in the cranium for sure. When Pat passes by my chair, darn near shoulder to shoulder, about to knock my water off the table. Pat's going to say something to me. Terry's wrong. Cold-heartedly, Pat walks right by the table, not even giving one glance. Faith sold. And as far as that friendship, lost, very strained at best. Moderate heat circumstances, moderate heat conditions are things that we all deal with, but because they're moderate, we don't think that they have the ability to cause us to sell our faith. 
we are mistaken. Moderate heat conditions can get you to sell your faith because it's a weakness that the devil can exploit. And if you feel like you've dealt with it long enough, if you feel like you've always tried to be a part, if you feel like you finally got your chance, I spent eight years of college, eight years of training, and I deserve to be in this spot. But at what cost? Do you desire to be in that spot to the point to where you will brush off and ignore and abandon everybody that loved you to get there? You'd be surprised how many people actually do that. Moderate heat. Some will actually do this. Some might argue that such examples, the examples I'm using, do not have a place in what I am talking about in selling your faith. Pastor, what are you talking about, faith, soul, and you're talking about friendship and people that are close to me? When you say faith, pastor, that's something that has to do specifically with God, directly with God. Somebody walking by their friend at the dinner table, that is not selling their faith. Be careful, I disagree. Because selling your faith is not just an issue of solely forcing the situation to be directed at God specifically. Selling your faith is an issue of whether or not what you're doing, the way you're doing it, how you're doing it, reflects God's ways and his character. If you're doing something that does not reflect God's ways or does not reflect his character, you're selling your faith. But what you're talking about is bought by other people, man. You're not going to convince me that walking by other people puts me in the category of selling my faith. I disagree with you again. How are you going to tell me that that doesn't fall into the category of selling your faith when, look at this, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, verse 39, easy to read. When asked the question, he says, and the second command is like the first. Love your neighbor the same as you love yourself. How can you tell me that doing something against a person that hurts their feelings, that mistreats them, is not selling your faith? When Jesus said in John 15, chapter 13, King James Version, greater love has no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. Don't tell me that it's not selling your faith when Jesus said this, John 13, verses 34 through 35 in the voice. So I give you a new command. Love each other deeply and fully. Remember the ways that I have loved you and demonstrate your love for others in those same ways. Everyone will know you as my followers if you demonstrate your love to others. Don't tell me it's not about selling your faith when Paul says this in Romans 12, verses 9 through 10 in the voice, love others well. Don't hide behind a mask. Love authentically. Despise evil. Pursue what is good as if your life depends on it. Live in true devotion to one another, loving each other as sisters and brothers. 
be first to honor others by putting them first. You need to face it. If you've fallen in any one of those scenarios where you've walked past somebody or you've given somebody this, this, this relational stiff arm because they were those people and you don't deal with those people, you sold your faith. And I want you to notice something else, because we, we used friends and or loved ones. We used that kind of group of people in our example on purpose. Because if you will give a friend or a loved one the stiff arm, how much more will you give a stiff arm to a stranger that God asked you to reach out to, especially if that stranger does not fit the social bill of being worthy of your company if you would do it to a friend you doggone better bet you would do it to a stranger and most believers who have that strong desire to be accepted by others who have that weakness They've sold their faith over and over and over and over again. And they don't even realize they've done it. Let's shift the low heat. Because low heat is very similar to moderate heat in that low heat deals with exploited weaknesses. At least that's what we're going to talk about. But it's a little different. Observe, because low heat items or low heat conditions, they're small items. It's little stuff. It's things that if you were to look at it on its own, it's really no big deal. Low heat conditions or items, they're small occurrences that in and of themselves are no big deal but collectively, they pack a punch. They're things that by themselves you probably ignore. Low heat circumstances is that drop of water that falls from 100 feet off of a cliff onto a rock for 20 years. Over a period of time, that single drop even though one drop by itself, if it were to stop, is not going to have an effect on that rock, that drop consistently falling from 100 feet year after year after year eventually either makes an indentation in that rock or bores a hole right through it. It's the power of the cumulative effect. It's the power of many drops, not just one. Low heat, if you've ever had a small apartment or you ever had a small, a small house or something like that, this will ring true to you. Low heat is that drip from that faucet that you can't get fixed yet and you're trying to sleep through it at 3 a.m. And you would think that you could sleep through a drop, but that doink, 
And if you got a pot in the, in the sink, think, think, think. It's just a drop. Think. And if it happened one time, think, and went away, you can go to sleep. But the fact that that tweet or think is so consistent at 3 in the morning, it's ringing in your ear. It might as well be coming from a bass drum. Boom. 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 Why? It's the power of consistency. It's the power of persistence. That's a low heat scenario. It's not that it just happens one time. But if it can happen consistently on the same spot over and over again, eventually, it can pack a punch. Let's quickly go to Moses and let's look at low heat. In the book of Numbers, you've read this scenario before, so we're going we're gonna to hit it with a quickness. Moses is leading these people through the wilderness, and you know they're complaining the whole time. They are chewing on this man's ear every day. Let's go. Numbers chapter 20, verses 2 through 8 on this one. Then we're going to go through verse 12. Here we go. There was not enough water. That's the scenario, at least this time, for the people at that place. So the people began, people met together to complain against Moses and Aaron. The people argued with Moses and said, here they go. Maybe we should have died in front of the Lord like our brothers did. Why did you bring the Lord's people into this desert? Do you want us and our animals to die here? Why did you bring us from Egypt? Why did you bring us to this bad place? There is no grain. There are no figs, grapes, or pomegranates. And there is no water to drink. Eating at his ear. Of course, Aaron's ear too, but Moses' ear just getting chewed up. So Moses and Aaron left the crowd of people and went to the entrance of the tent of meeting, of the meeting tent. They bowed down to the ground, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Now, here's what God going to say to do. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, get the special walking stick. Take your brother Aaron and the crowd. Take your brother Aaron and the crowd of people and go to that rock, so a specific rock. Speak to the rock. Speak, 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 speak to the rock in front of the people. Then water will flow from the rock and you can give that water to the people and to their animals. Verses 9 through 12. Notice. Numbers 20, verses 9 through 12, easy to read. The walking stick was in the holy tent in front of the Lord. Moses took the walking stick as the Lord said. Moses and Aaron told the people to meet together in front of the rock. Then Moses said, you people are always complaining. Now listen to me. Some translation says he calls them rebels. Now listen to me, you rebels. You people. Listen to me. I will cause water to flow from this rock. I will cause water to flow from this rock. Moses lifted his arm and hit the rock twice. Pat, pat. Water began flowing from the rock, and the people and their animals drank that water. But the Lord said, 
to Moses and Aaron, you did not trust me enough to honor me and show the people that I am holy. You did not show the Israelites that the power to make the water came from me. So you will not lead the people into the land that I have given them. This was not Moses' intent. At no time did this man want to put himself in a position to where he didn't do what God told him to do. This man had been in front of Pharaoh. He didn't done the plagues. He didn't depart the sea. This man didn't want to do this, but doggone it, they was chewing his ear off. Drip, 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 and he let it get to him. Drip, he let it break his cool. And before he knows it, he is acting out of character. They kept on that weakness until that weakness if they complain one time, no big deal. He never gets to this point. Him and Aaron, but Moses. But because of the consistency, that's what low heat gets, does for you. And now low heat, you need to know something about low heat. Say this with me. Low heat, with its slow and persistent drip, can make me a victim. Yeah. On a, on a singular level, you don't worry about no low heat. If it happens just one time. But that's not the power of low heat. Notice this image. Low heat has a boiling point, loved ones. It is the consistency of low heat that makes it annoying. And when you get to that boiling point, you will explode. Low heat is that button that the devil finds in you, and he wonders if that's a point of weakness. And he pushes that button consistently until he finds a weak point. Click. Click, click. Click, 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 click. And he's hitting that one spot. Click, 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 click. And he's hitting it. And hitting it until he finally gets it to weaken. And when he gets that thing to weaken, you are susceptible to selling your faith. You are susceptible if he makes it annoying enough. Click, 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 click. Click, 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 click. It's not five buttons. It's one. Click, 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 If it happened one time, no big deal. But no, it's that button that he going to keep pushing, keep pushing. It's small, going to keep pushing, keep pushing, until before you know it, that slow, persistent drip gets to you. And I will tell you, as a parent, young people are masters at letting the devil use them to click, 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 that button. Especially if you are a single parent with several children. They know how to click, 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 click. Take toddlers, for example. They want, they want, 
to get your attention. You on the phone. They there at your leg, mommy, 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 mommy. You on the phone trying to handle some business, mommy, mommy, mommy. You trying to get the recipe from your mama, mommy, mommy, mommy. You trying to order food for them rascals, mommy, mommy, mommy. You on the phone trying to apologize to your pastor, mommy, 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 mommy. Daddy at your leg, click, 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 mommy, mommy, click, click, mommy, mommy, mommy. You on the phone with customer service. The person on the phone already don't speak good English. You already struggling trying to understand what they're saying. And you got on the bottom by your leg, mommy, 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 mommy. Click, 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 In and of itself, it's not a big deal, but click, 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 And that consistency of that little drip, mommy, mommy, mommy. What happens? You eventually goes, what you want? What do they say? I got pillow. And you looking at them like, you're going to get something else if you don't get out of here. But that, cons that consistent low heat can bring you to the point to where you sell your faith. What about teenagers? I've had some of them. Teenagers, got, still got some in the circle. You got some in yours. Teenagers, as a parent, you got teenagers in your house asking you to buy something, always want you to do something, always costing you the money, and they ain't doing a lick at what you, of what you will ask them to do. Daddy, I need this. Mama, I want this. Daddy, can you take me here? Mama, can you take me there? You clean that room up yet? Hey, why don't you start there? Have you cleaned them dishes out of the sink? Why don't you start there? You cut the grass yet? Why don't you start there? You did your homework yet? Why don't you start there? You, hey, hey, click, click, click. But, but, mommy, click, click, click. I won't, I won't. I, can you take me? Click, 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 click. Ain't doing a lick of what you asked them to do. You even, you even try, when they get up and can drive, you try to actually be diplomatic. You know, daddy got to go somewhere. Would you, would you mind picking your brother up from school? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Who you talking to? Talking about some uh-uh. Click, 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 click. Can you take your brother to practice? Uh, uh, come on. I don't need an attitude from you. Click, 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 click. Why, why I got to get jumped from you? Can you, can, you take your, can you take your sister over to a friend's house? <sighs> I didn't see you <sighs> when you wanted to get the car to go to the movies. Yeah. Hold that hand, Pastor. Hold that hand. Yeah. Click, click, click. Click, click, click. Click, click, click. Click, click. You cooking for their friends to come over. Can you go to the stove for me and pick up? <sighs> I'm cooking for you. You can't go to the store and at least pick up the ingredients. Why I got to go? Click, 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 click. They are not doing an ounce of what you asked them to do, 
but they keep coming in front of you with a boldness like you owe them something. And in your mind, what you're saying is, I know what I owe you. And it involves my hands and my feet. But I can't give it to you by law. I owe you a good old-fashioned take you behind the woodshed, come out there with one foot because I done left it up in you type whooping. Be coming to work hot dog. Where your foot? I left it up in Jimmy. Got dog. <laughs> I got to get a good surgeon to get my foot slowed back on. Lost a good pair of shoes yesterday. <laughs> but it's but it's it's that click 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 that coworker that know how to pop gun. I'm talking about they a pro. You get so annoyed by that click, click, that, gun, click, click, that gun popping that you didn't got your ear attuned to when they opening the wrapper off the gun. And you already say, God, I know she ain't finna put that gum in her mouth. That girl is an Olympic gum chewer. She chews so good, it sounds like she's setting off firecrackers up in there. Pop, 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 pop. How can you snap gum on every chew? And she don't just chew it for 30 minutes. She held that gum in there until lunchtime, go to lunch, eat her food, come back and throw a new piece in there. And you got to deal with that. That person that snapped, that, that, that smacked and popped that gum on the plane ride next to you. And you going to Europe. <laughs> Jesus. Click, 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 In the car ride with you. And you, 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 you actually knew. You actually knew that they popped gum. And you told them before they got in your car. You know I love you. But don't come up in my car. Popping that gum. And they looked you in your face and told you they wasn't going to do it. Two hours up the road, they done slipped a piece of gum in their mouth. And it takes everything in you. Now put your friend out on the interstate and drive away. Click, 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 click. That family member that smack when they chew. And got the nerve to chew with their mouth open. And everybody like, don't nobody see this but me. Everybody there, but you like, is everybody okay with this? And they just eating their food and laughing. All you hear, and all you see is that food and the cheese and the bread as they talking. And, and they want to tell stories and it's, and you're like, that's nasty. Click, 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 click. The little things. You really do adore your husband. You do. You love him. But doggone it. You have had certain discussions before. You've told him about leading that toilet seat up. Click, click. 
And every time you turn the corner, that toilet mouth is open talking to you. <laughs> click, 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 click. You done told him to stop leaving his shoes in the middle of the floor. Spent good money on a shoe rack that he don't use. And every day you see yourself stepping over them Crocs. Click, 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 click. You done told him about when you finish a roll of toilet paper, put another roll on. You need to assume that somebody coming after you to at least want to use the bathroom. But you walk in there and that brown cardboard looking you in the eye. <laughs> click, 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 click. You done told him one time that this is your home, not a restaurant. He need to wash and clean the kitchen when he's done doing whatever he do. But here you go, come home with them dishes in the sink. That pot of burnt spaghetti and sauce still on there. And I be doggone this in their sleep. Sleeping good. Like it's the best sleep he ever had. Got everything messed up. Click, click, click. You done told him before. Click, 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 click. But some reason it's not sinking in. Click, 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 click. It's low heat. It's the devil pushing that same button. That same button. And you know what happens when it's consistent enough? Eventually, you're going to explode. You're going to blow up. And there he is, and I'm a man with his stupid self, thinking, I wonder why she's so mad. Because he don't see. Click, 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 click. Because she's been asking you for the past year and a half to do these certain things. But for some reason, you don't seem like it's sticking, sticking in your thick head that she is getting annoyed by that click, 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 click. And the devil is just, every time you see it, say, look at that, look at that, look at this shoe, look at that, look at this shoe, look at that, look at the pot, look at the pot. You just bought, you just, ooh, them new pots. And look at them pots, look at them pots, look at them pots, look at them pots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then what happened? You go to the bathroom, no toilet paper. The devil makes sure the toilet paper way over there. Or is, oh, it's in the larger room. You got to get on your cell phone to call somebody, throw a roll in, in the bathroom. It, it, and you like, ugh, ugh. And they're like, yeah, baby. You're going to explode. Gentlemen, you love your wives. You do. You adore them so, so much. That's why you, that's why you married them. But you've talked about this before. I don't know why. And I'm finna testify. <laughs> I'll make it broad enough though so it, it applies to all the brothers. Because I know we are we are legion. <laughs> we are one in here. We've talked about this before. Why do you wait? until I get in bed to ask me for a bottle of water. <laughs> click, click, click. Click, click, click. Click, click, click. Click, 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 click. Click, 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 click. click, 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 click. <laughs> Baby, 
why do you keep waiting until I get upstairs for you to go tell me to get something you left downstairs? Click, 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 click. Why is it, my darling, that you wait until 30 minutes before we get to leave, get ready to leave, or have to leave, to get in the shower when you know it's going to take you an hour to get ready? Click, 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 click. If you know we got tickets for a play that starts at five, why are you getting in the shower at four and we got to get on the interstate and drive at least 30 minutes with no traffic to get there and get part? Why are you not ready to go at four to get to some place at five? I got a novel idea. Let's get there early. Why are we always talking about click, 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 The devil's like, oh, I got him. He closed. Click, 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 click. Baby, why do you wait until I walk in the house to ask me to go get something from the store? I already passed by on the way home. Click, click, click. Click, click, click. Click, 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 click. It's 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 that slow, consistent drip, family. That's what the devil preys on. And he wants to exploit that weakness. Because in my head, he's like, you've told her that before. You've told her that before. She's ignoring you. Oh yeah, well, oh, she, 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 why she ignoring you? You the man? Why she ignoring? Click, 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 click. Why she disrespecting you? Click, 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 click. Eventually, at some point, whether I want to or not, I'm liable to slip up and explode. And what I explode on is not necessarily what we're talking about at the moment. It's the cumulative effect of all the times I feel as if you ain't listening to me, you ain't paying attention to me, you doing what you want to do anyway, you ignoring me. And so I take that big ball of frustration and emotion, and when it pops, I blow up on you because I got wrinkled in, the sh in my shirt. And you're like, what does that have to do? What, that does not warrant that kind of explosion. It doesn't. But that exploited weakness and that explosion that I held in over the past three months, it comes out. It's, it's, it's not the simple, simple fact that he, he, he left your, your, your purse in the car. Why would, you, why would you go flipping out because of that? Nobody would. It doesn't make any sense. It's because he keep leaving dishes in the sink. He kept, he kept a step over his shoes. He kept doing that stuff that you keep saying don't do. And he opened his mouth and said he ain't going to do no more. But he still turned around and do it again. It builds up in you. And low heat has a boiling point. 
Now, I'm going to share with you that low heat not only has a boiling point, there are some audible signs that you can catch yourself. If you hear yourself using any, any of these audible signs, you need to know that you have reached your boiling point, more than likely. What are those signs? They're statements. Notice. The telltale signs that you're reaching your low heat boiling point. If you find yourself using statements like, you bet not. You bet, you, you, you bet, you, you bet not. You will hear sometimes you hear parents doing that when they told a kid, you bet, you, you bet not. What about this one? Do it one more game. Do it one, you, you do it one more game. Oh, I like this one. I wish up would. Depending on your ethnicity, you can put a lot of good words there. <laughs> I wish a knuckle would, you know what I'm saying? But, but we're going to say, I wish a joker would. I wish a joker would. Why? Because you're in a, it's, this, it's enough is enough. Click, 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 click. The next blank who blanks, I know something. <laughs> the next person who leave clothes in the middle of the floor, I know something. The next person that leave dishes in the sink, I know something. The next person who drive my car and bring it back with no gas on it, gas in it, I know something. The next person that come in my office with that foolishness, I know something. You are reaching your low heat boiling point. It could. And then you have this, somebody will say something, you'll say, and if you do. And if you do. You're there. Family, that's low heat. And when we're talking about low heat and moderate heat, it seems as if those words give you the impression that they won't have any effect on you, but they do. Low heat is that consistency on that sore spot. Moderate heat has to do with on the inside of you. You feel as if you've dealt with something long enough. You've waited long enough. You've earned this. You've earned the right. You will do away with a long-term relationship. You will do away with it. You will hurt somebody's feelings like it's nothing. You will damage a lot of things unless, loved ones, you get to the point to where you submit to that fire that's on the inside of you. That's low heat, moderate heat, and high heat. That's it. The next time we get together, we'll do a wrap up. I love you so much. Let's pray. God, I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you that we never ever want to be in a position to where we have a deaf ear to what you have to say to us. What we have presented is we've presented images, scenarios, pictures of where we all could find ourselves in regard to 
in this session, moderate and low heat. No one's immune to those feelings. No one's immune to those circumstances. But we all have a helper inside. Teach us how to lean on and rely on the help. Specifically, God, we ask that you help us, one, learn to control our tongues. There are times that we can lash out with words, and before we know it, we've done so much damage that the way back is long. Number two, we pray that you help us control, moderate, manage our feelings. Sometimes feelings can get us to ignore the obvious facts. Sometimes our feelings can draw a conclusion that are really just based on how we feel about it, but not really how things are. Sometimes our feelings can drive us, God, to hurt the people that we love. Our feelings can also have us stiff arm the people that want to love us. Help us with that. Number three, God, help us to identify any weakness in us that the enemy has been exploiting. We want to take that weakness and work on it to the point to where it's no longer something that he can exploit. If he is exploiting that weakness and we have found it, God help us eliminate it. And we thank you for being true to your word. And that you said, your word says that if we ask for wisdom, that you would give it to us freely. So we're asking, give us the wisdom to be the best and the most, yeah, God, the most able to hear believers we can be. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.